Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please be seated. I go into Lent every year with a certain sense of apprehension. Um, well, if that's the way you want to describe whining and complaining, then <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, Lent always feels so heavy to me, doesn't it? It's kind of a heavy time. And um, with apologies to the choir, Lenten music is always kind of dirgy, isn't it? The songs, the songs are kind of dirty, a lot of minor chords in those, right? And, uh, and you can kind of feel that in the music. Um, and there's no hallelujahs. And um, I, I know some theologian will explain that to me someday, but, uh, but it doesn't, I like saying hallelujah. Um, I like the good news. I love the good news of Jesus. I love the grace of God. Lent has a way of kind of bringing me down some. Um, But now that I've grown up some, a little bit anyway, not a whole lot, but I can see the importance of Lent. I can. And I'm starting to see it more all the time. Uh, Isn't it true that you can't really appreciate a solution to a problem unless you understand what the problem is? Right? You can't really appreciate a solution till you know what the problem is. And for us Christians, what's the solution? Jesus. Right? The solution's always Jesus. And what's our problem then? Us. We're the problem. Um, we learned the first night of Lent that we're dust. So, so Lent has a way of helping you with your overly important self-esteem, right? You think you're something? You're dust. You're dust. Um, we're sinners. We need forgiveness. We need redemption. We need rescue. Because apart from Jesus, in reality, we're condemned. We're spiritually dead apart from him. We need to understand our problem before we can appreciate our solution. It's like you can't really appreciate Easter if you don't experience Good Friday. It's the same kind of thing. Um, What we need is the grace, mercy, and redemption of Jesus Christ given to us on the cross. And that cross of Jesus is not that amazing unless you appreciate your absolute need for it. So this is why we need Lent, to show us the problem so we can appreciate the solution. Except there's a problem even with that. And that problem is that we're a whole lot better at seeing other people's problems than we are at seeing our own, aren't we? I mean, I've got 20-20 vision when it comes to your problems. Not so much with mine. I have to wear glasses to see mine. Um, Jesus said this. He said, 
we're better at spotting a splinter in someone else's eye than we are at seeing a plank in our own eye. So you might say when it comes to our problems, our shortcomings, our sin, we tend to have some blind spots. Um, The gospel lesson today is about Jesus' healing of a man who was born blind, which is a huge thing and an amazing miracle. Uh, Maybe not for Jesus, but from our eyes it is. Uh, It's a powerful miracle story. This blind man's sight is restored. But if you look closer, the story is full of people who are also blind, who actually have bigger blind blindness issues than the man who was born blind because these people are spiritually blind. And today we're going to look at their spiritual blindness and hope that it can help us see some of our own blind spots and show us our need for the healing touch of Jesus. The first group with the blind spots were the disciples. The story goes that the disciples and Jesus were walking when they saw a man who was blind from birth. The disciples saw the man and they asked this question, who sinned? Was it the man or his parents that caused him to be born blind? Now, that seems like an odd question to me, doesn't it? Seems a little odd. I mean, they didn't ask, hey, mister, are you okay? They didn't ask, Is there something we can do for you? Um, Is there anything you need? How can we help you? They didn't even ask, Lord, would you please help this man? We know you're able. Would you please touch him and heal him? They didn't ask that. Instead, they went all theological on him. Who sinned, they asked. I mean, at this point, they'd already seen Jesus. Heal 5,000 people. I mean, feed 5,000 people. They saw him walk on water. They saw him heal a lame man. They saw him turn water into wine. They could have helped change this one man's life forever. But instead, they worried about the issue instead of the person. And the issue was who sinned? You know, the disciples had a blind spot here. They cared more about an issue than they did about a person. They focused on this issue, and they missed a person who had a need. This weekend, Carrie and I went to see the movie, The Jesus Revolution. Have any of y'all seen it? It's a good flick, really good flick, a true story. Um, It's set in California in the 1960s. It's about a pastor who opened the doors of his church out in California Not only his church, though, he opened the door of his home to take in the hippies of Southern California, people who were rejected, people who were reviled by the church and the Christians of that day. He took them in and loved them and shared Jesus with them. Chuck Smith, the pastor, saw the peace and love movement as a perfect on-ramp to witness the peace and love of Jesus Christ. And when he did, literally thousands of those young people came to Jesus over a period of years. 
He overcame his own blind spots. And the Lord worked miracles of healing. When we left the movie that night, I started thinking, and then have been since then, about, is this something that I do? Is this something I do? Is this something that we do? And by, by that I mean, is there some place where we're standing on issues and missing opportunities to share the love of Jesus with people? What are the issues today? The ones that dominate our lives? Well, there's a list, right? There's gender identity issues. There's abortion. There's this horrible, raging, vitriolic debate between liberals and conservatives where we get so focused on issues that we lose our love. We lose our Christianity and don't see people. And sometimes we can miss people who really have left an opening for us to share Jesus. You know, our calling, my calling, is to share the hope and forgiveness and the redeeming love of Jesus. We are never called to get on the judgment seat. We're never called to give out condemnation to people. In the scripture, the only person ever on the judgment seat is Jesus. He's the judge, not us. Our calling is to offer love, the love we've been so freely given, the grace we've been so freely given, the forgiveness we've been so freely given, and the acceptance, not the judgment and condemnation Caring more about issues instead of caring about people is a blind spot. It's a blind spot that robs us of opportunities to care about people. And only Jesus can heal blind spots. The second group that had blind spots in the story are the neighbors. After the blind man was healed by Jesus, the neighbors refused to believe that it was even the man. It's funny, they saw the guy and they said, well, that's not him, he's blind. How could that be him? It's like they didn't believe this guy could be changed. They had already written him off. They gave up on him a long time ago. This guy's a hopeless case. He's not getting better, so this couldn't be him. You know, this was their blind spot. They couldn't see that with Jesus, there are no hopeless cases. There are no hopeless cases. I can attest to that myself in my own life, right? You know, I had this friend, a young uh, a Christian woman that I was involved in ministry with for a long time. And, uh, you know, when I look back over it, probably 15, 20 years or so. Uh, and she was a lovely person, and you could just see Jesus in her. And... Uh, uh, she had the sweetest spirit. And she had a husband, though, that was an atheist. This sweet Christian woman had an atheist husband. And she had a burden about that, as you can imagine. And over the 15 to 20 years or whatever that I was in meetings with her, uh, 
in this ministry we were involved in, every time she came, it was about her husband. She had to pray for her husband. And she would pray and she would cry and the ladies in the group would cry. And after like 10 years of this, I'm starting to think, hey, is this guy a hopeless case? I mean, how long are we going to keep praying for him? The same prayer over and over. And, uh, and then one time at a meeting, she came in and she said, you're not going to believe. He received Jesus as his Savior, as his Savior. He went down in church the other day. I got him to go to church, and he went down and prayed to receive Jesus. And, you know, I felt about this big then, right? Because that revealed my blind spot. And it reminded me that with the Lord, nothing is impossible. No one is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Open Ask him to open your eyes and reveal to you who he really is. Be reminded who we're dealing with here. He's the Lord, the creator God who made the heavens and the earth. He put the stars in their place. He overcame sin. He overcame death and he's overcome the devil. There's nothing, no one that he can't change. Nothing is impossible with him. There are no lost causes with the Lord Jesus Christ. So never give up hope as long as you believe in Jesus. You know, the third group were the parents. The parents of the blind man were confronted by the religious leaders who asked him a question about their son. They said, okay, tell us who healed him? Who healed your son? And they refused to admit that it was Jesus, even though they knew, because they were afraid of getting kicked out of the synagogue. That's why they wouldn't tell who it was. They wouldn't confess Jesus to them. They knew the truth, but they were afraid to share it for fear of rejection. And this fear of rejection is a common blind spot for so many Christians. Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection is a very real thing. But I mean, think about this. We live in Midland, Texas, right? What's the worst thing that could happen to us if we went out and shared the love of Jesus with somebody, right? It's not like we're living in Afghanistan here. We're not in China, and God bless those people who share their faith in Jesus in such horrible circumstances. But we're in Midland. What's the worst thing that could happen to us if we share Jesus? Somebody gets angry and doesn't take us out to lunch? I mean, uh, ask Jesus today, will you and I too, ask Jesus for the power and the faith and the courage to share your faith with the people that you know need to have him in their lives. You know, ask him for that. He'll give it. Ask and it'll be given unto you. That's what he says. Ask him to see the opportunities before you when they arise and the courage and boldness to speak the truth to them. And the Lord will do great things. Fear of rejection in sharing our testimony is a blind spot. 
The last group with the blind spots in the story are the Pharisees. Uh, they wouldn't accept Jesus or the healing of the blind man because they were too worried about Jesus not keeping the Sabbath laws. The Pharisees were legalistic, perfectionistic nitpickers. That's what they were. You never see them complimenting a person for keeping the law, do you? You never see them saying, hey, way to go. Good job not coveting. You never see them saying that. Way to go. Way to keep up the law. They don't do that. They only look for the, flaw, the flaws in people. They only look for what's wrong. And Abraham Lincoln said this. If you uh, look for the bad in people, hoping to find it, you surely will. You know, they only look for the bad in people, the Pharisees, and they always find it. I knew a man who was like this. He had a hard time keeping his employees at work. And uh, that's because they never measured up to his standards. He was a perfectionist. He was never happy. Why? Because nothing and nobody's ever perfect. So what he did, he set an impossible standard and then fired people for not measuring up to his impossible standard. He was a Christian too. This guy knows his Bible. He was a student of theology. You could have great theological discussions with him, but he was a sourpuss. He was a nitpicker. He had no joy in his life, and you could see that. He came to me one time, and he asked me, why can't I keep employees? And he started talking about all the ones that have left. And I asked him, what do you think the common denominator is here? Right? He's, uh, I listened to him, though, and I gave him homework. I told him, I want you to go home and for two weeks um, read 1 Corinthians 13. And then let's get together and talk again. 1 Corinthians 13, y'all know that chapter? It's the love chapter, right? The love chapter. Um, what does it say? It says, well, without love, we're nothing. You can have great theology, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. He missed that part. He missed that part. He had a blind spot. And then later, when we got back together again, he was a changed man. The word of God and the spirit of God through the word came into him and opened his eyes so that he could see. It was great. It was an amazing thing. Uh, he had his sight restored by the love of Jesus in the word. And uh, he was no longer a fault-finding nitpicker. He was blind, but now he could see. Brothers and sisters, we all have our own blind spots, don't we? Everybody has a blind spot. If you don't think you have a blind spot, that's your blind spot. <laughs> it could be one of those things I talked about today, or it could be something else. Maybe it's a sin you can't let go of, or a person that you can't forgive. 
Only you and Jesus know. And Jesus knows. Today, we choose to turn your eyes to Jesus and ask him to, to uh, remove your blind spots and restore your vision. Ask him to give you eyes to see yourself and other people the way that he sees you. A child of God, a person with value and dignity and worth, no matter what the issues are. Beloved of the Father, a person for whom Christ died. Ask him to help you see others that way, the way that he sees you. When we see ourselves as Jesus sees us, then our sight is truly restored. And we can say, like the blind man in the story, I was blind, but now I see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.